You give Teller from Jerusalem 20 minutes, and he'll give you the education of a lifetime. King of the storytellers and the Shakespeare of the Torah world, here is Rabbi Hanok Teller. Welcome everyone to Teller from Jerusalem, and I am your host, Hanok Teller. I was planning to continue, or more accurately, resume after our long summer break with another episode about the riveting tale regarding the early struggle to build the State of Israel. But now, the very week, or actually eight days, after the incursion of the terrorists into Israel and their execution of a barbaric slaughter, I must at least address one episode to some perspectives regarding Israel and a state of war, a war that was foisted upon her, and how she is reacting. It is heartening that there are some leaders and journalists in the world that have seen the justice of the Israeli side, or at least revulsion at the modus operandi of the Hamas terrorists. This is Pierre Polev, MP from Canada, addressing what I must assume is a Jewish group. It is with a combination of heartbreak and outrage that I join with all of you here today. Heartbreak for the innocent mothers, babies, grandparents, party-goers, peace activists who suddenly and inexplicably lost their lives at the hands of an unprecedented terrorist attack, and outrage at the attackers. And so, in starting my remarks tonight, let me be explicitly clear. Hamas is not a militant organization. It is not an activist organization. It is surely not a government. It is a sadistic, demonic, genocidal, terrorist death cult. And it must be defeated and destroyed. The incredible carnage that this terrorist death cult has unleashed in the last 72 hours would be bad enough were it not for the apparent pleasure and sadistic pride with which it was carried out. And so I say to those who might not perhaps have strong opinions about the Middle East, what kind of organization would carry out such hideous violence against such obviously innocent people and do it in the most cruel and odious manner and then willingly publicize it for all the world to see? This is evil in its purest form, and that evil must be defeated. Now I will play for you an example of encouraging media reporting. You'll be hearing Rowan Dean, host of the Outsiders program on the Sky News Network in Australia. Here is the body of a dead young Israeli woman from somewhere near Starot, being desecrated and paraded through the streets of Gaza. Obviously, we blurred out the woman. The footage is 
discussed. For decades now, the left in Australia, the left in Britain, the left in America and throughout Europe have relentlessly sought to demonize the Jews and delegitimize the state of Israel. They have pretended there is some kind of moral equivalency between terrorism and self-defense and grotesquely distorted the history of the region in order to do so. The left has falsely claimed that Israel is some kind of imperialist occupier and the Palestinians are the victims of colonial oppression. So let me be perfectly blunt, and I apologize if I offend you, but all of you who have indulged in that sort of grotesque dinner party anti-Semitism, who have slyly denigrated Israel and the Jews, who have prattled on about the noble Palestinian cause, who dismissively sneered at Donald Trump's amazing Abraham Accords, Accords, which brought peace for the first time, and then those of you who celebrated the election of the obnoxious Biden regime with its repugnant dealings with Iran, those of you who applauded Biden's sick surrender to the Taliban, and the total betrayal of the women and girls of Afghanistan. And all of you sniveling Australian Labour and Greens politicians and left-wing activists with your pro-Palestinian flags who have allowed Australian taxpayers' money to be poured into the coffers of the Palestinian terror organisations. And all you media outlets, both here and abroad, including our ABC, who have always twisted the headlines so that Israel appears to be the aggressor and who have emboldened the terrorists by making excuses for their depraved actions. I hope you are all proud of yourselves this morning because this is what you have wrought. Jewish blood is on your hands. You have encouraged American and Western weakness and denigrated a great democratic country. You have literally hung Israel out to dry for decades. Donald Trump warned only a few weeks ago that the $6 billion Biden gave to Iran would be used to fund Palestinian terrorism. Looks like, as usual, Donald Trump was right. We are witnessing some of the most horrific and barbaric scenes as Palestinian terrorists butcher innocent civilians, kidnap and torture innocent Jews, desecrate young Jewish bodies in macabre evil celebrations in the streets of Gaza. It is horrific. Yet this is what the West has been encouraging for decades now with the boycott movements, with endless anti-Semitic actions, dehumanizing Jews, demonizing Israel and leading Hamas and the Iranian-backed Palestinian terrorists, jihadists, etc., to believe they can get away with murder. You can have your political differences, of course, you can of course you can, but Palestinian terror is evil, pure and simple. Yet they have for decades been indulged, and I would argue even encouraged, by the left-wing political parties of the West, including our current Labour government, to their eternal shame. Penny Wong is now urging the Israeli government to show restraint 
Yet she showed no restraint whatsoever when she restored $10 million of Australian taxpayer funds, your money, going to the Palestinian authorities. Let me again be blunt for the dim-witted ones. There is no two-state solution. You are fantasists and fools if you think there is, and your stupidity costs lives. There never was a two-state solution. Does this mean that all the other commentators are as cogent and as fair in the reporting? Of course not. You can bet you will not hear anything even remotely similar to this on Al Jazeera, or for that matter, even on MSNBC. Megyn Kelly, who rose to fame as a commentator for Fox News, was interviewed by Skyview News and had this to say. MSNBC is so bad, they won't refer to them as terrorists, even though our president, Joe Biden, their guy, is calling them terrorists, as does our State Department. Its official U.S. policy has been for a long, long time. MSNBC can't bring itself to use that term. Militants. Militants. Like somehow they're just like a disorganized military group. That's not it. That militants don't chop off the heads of 40 babies. Excuse me for the graphic description. That's what's happening. That's what the local reports are. They're terrorists. They're evil. They're devils. They're inhuman. They're not made of the same things that you and I are. There's no heart. There's no morality. There's no human value that I can relate to in any way, shape, or form. I, I barely recognize them as humans. It's absolutely shocking how the media and these leftists, like those at Harvard, those at Stanford, at Yale, at George Washington University, at Northwestern University, I could go on, at NYU. Megyn Kelly's sentiments are mirrored by the brilliant and mega insightful commentator Ben Shapiro, who was interviewed by the British television host and author Piers Morgan on his show, Piers Morgan Uncensored. We all stretch to try and find you know, what would drive somebody to do something like this? And the answer sometimes is that they are just, they're, I don't know how to say this otherwise. They are not like you. Hamas is not like you. They don't think like you. They don't have the same priorities as you. They don't have the same values as you. And that means that any attempt to buy them off is, is bound to fail. At least after the Holocaust, it was considered too distasteful to talk about hating Jews. Pro-Palestinian supporters in America and elsewhere have not even lost a breath before applauding the actions of merciless terrorists. What does it say that people who are born in places like the United States or Australia are the young people who are taking to the streets uh, in celebration of mass murder? They're fools. They've become so obsessed with identity. They think this is like the new BLM. They don't know what they're talking about. I mean, I'm sick and tired of hearing about, oh, the blockade, you know, look what they're, they're it's an open air prison. Israel gave Gaza over to the Palestinians. They gave, they pulled Israelis out of Gaza under uh, under threat of getting shot. They sent armed guards in there to get the Israelis out of there so that the Palestinians could have it to themselves. That's what they did in 2005. And then the Palestinians turned around and elected as their government Hamas, which is identified by the United States as a known terrorist group. And they did what terrorists did, what they do. They conducted more terror. And then they started bombing Israel. And it was only at that point, after the, Israel had turned it over, Israel moved out, they had whatever they, they could do whatever they want in Gaza, and they chose to bomb Israel over and over. Israel started sending in pipes so they could have underground sewage and, and start building it up into what could have been the Singapore of the Middle East. And they turned those pipes around and, and fortified them into weapons and used them to launch bombs against Israel. It was at that point that Israel created a situation 
that would allow for food and water and other supplies to get into Gaza, but nothing that could be made into a weapon. What else was Israel supposed to do? That is not colonization. That That is not something, that is not an open air prison. And by the way, if Gazans want to leave Gaza, Gaza, they can. They can they can go down to Egypt. You know why they don't? Because Egypt won't let them. <laughs> where, where's, where are the protests against Egypt? It's just Israel? Well, why is that? Because a lot of these people, most of these people, any person who was out on that Sydney Opera House chanting what they were chanting, chanting is an anti-Semite. That's the truth. You're an anti, you hate Jews. We can see it. It's obvious. You're not fooling any of us. And it's absolutely disgusting. Somehow they've folded this into their woke ideology. As Dr. Monica Osborne pointed out in Newsweek, the images that Hamas has aired are very concentrated on sexual assault and rape during their medieval ISIS-style rampage. It joined footage of women abducted with their babies, grandmothers taken hostage and paraded down the streets of Gaza. These videos broadcast on social media for the world to see were filmed and shared by Hamas with pride. There is no effort to hide or minimize what they are doing to women. In fact, the rape and brutalization of women has been the crucial hallmark of this brutal attack. It's chilling and sickening. But nearly as disturbing is the complete silence of the largest and most visible international women's organizations supposedly dedicated to protecting women all over the world from rape and violence. They have all suddenly gone silent. No one has spoken out against what appears to be mass rapes committed by Hamas fighters, Hamas terrorists. Their silence sends a loud and clear message. We don't care about the rape of Israeli and Jewish women. We don't care if their broken bodies are paraded through the streets by terrorists. The silence of the feminist and women's organizations authorizes rape as a weapon of war. It sanctions the beheading of babies when it is called, quote, resistance. There is more to say and must be said, and I'm going to quote now what my friend Joseph Lushkin just sent me. Members of Students for Justice in Palestine who signed the anti-Israel petition, like the Black Lives Matter chapter in Chicago, and others are saying, whether willingly or not, is that all Israeli Jewish women deserve to be raped, all Israeli Jewish children deserve to be murdered, all Israeli Jewish men, women, and children deserve to be tortured and shot to death. The last group to hold these beliefs were the Nazis. Most Americans actually believe that Nazism is evil, even when people propagating it are on the left. Even though this is very far removed from the mentality of sane and non-perverted individuals, it is important to be very aware of what Hamas is trying to accomplish by posting the barbaric images of their atrocities. These are the words of Rabbi Eitan Meyer, the educational director of one of the seminaries where I teach. Quote, Rumors are going around that Hamas soon will be sending out videos showing disturbing things with hostages. Honestly, no one knows what Hamas's plans are, but it's possible they might do something like this. People should know better than to forward or share these videos. But they, many of us seem to have lost the ability to self-censor, and it is possible videos like this might circulate. Be smart and make sure you don't end up seeing something like that, which could hurt you and your mental health in long-lasting ways. How can you resist watching? Here are two ways of thinking that perhaps may help you control the strong urge many of us feel to click. Here's way of thinking number one. Terrorism isn't about just doing evil things. It's about doing evil things in front of an audience. 
an audience of people to terrorize. If there's no audience, it's not terror. It's an act of private evil. But when you click to watch a video that a terrorist filmed, a video he filmed just so that you would watch it, a video of that terrorist doing something cruel to someone, you are partnering with that terrorist by agreeing to be the audience that he needs. You're helping turn an act of private evil into terrorism. And you're ten times worse if you then magnify the terrorism by being the tool of the terrorist and forwarding the video to anyone else. Do not become a partner to terrorists. Refuse to be their audience. Refuse to help them turn private evil into terrorism. And here's the second way of thinking. A hostage is a person whose control of his or her life has been stolen. A person whose dignity has been stolen by the one who imprisons him. If I then watch a video of that person being mistreated, I'm compounding that loss of dignity and privacy by becoming a witness to that person's exposure, to their victimization, to their mistreatment. We can't rescue a hostage ourselves. That's for the commandos or the negotiators. But what is the least, the very least that each of us can do is to preserve the honor and dignity of each hostage. It is to refuse to be a witness to their abasement, their mistreatment, the moments they would never want us to see, the ways in which they would never want to be seen. It is literally the very least that we can do for them. It is what we absolutely owe them. Thank you, Rabbi Mayer. And I would add that it is rather obvious that viewing these gruesome and heartbreaking images is extremely damaging to our well-being. For this reason, the Israeli government has advised parents to instruct their children to delete their Instagram and TikTok accounts. Personally, I would have advocated this way before all of this. There is no reason to give Hamas the satisfaction of depleting our souls. The very reason Hamas releases these images is to traumatize and frighten us. It is therefore behooves us to thwart their plans by resisting the temptation to view this horror. The brutal nature of watching a car set on fire, roasting all of the passengers alive, of an elderly person who is too infirm to walk to captivity, being set on fire in their home, is so sick that it's taken snuff videos to an all-new nader. Seeing such images is toxic to our mental health, and we cannot unsee them once we've been exposed. A pickle cannot go back to being a cuke. Let's not tamper with our psychological and spiritual well-being. How exactly is one supposed to react when encountering depravity? And trust me, friends, there are so many lurid descriptions of what these savages have done that I was very meticulous to filter out descriptions of scenes that can harrow for a lifetime. Here is Piers Morgan. There have been so many horrendous uh, images and videos. The poor girl from the music festival taken away on the motorbike was just uh, bone-chilling to watch. Um, I, I saw something on CNN yesterday with Jake Tapper where he's interviewing the relative of uh, a grandmother, his grandmother, who was murdered, and Hamas posted the video of her being murdered onto her Facebook page so her family would watch it. I mean, when you hear that, it's sort of unconscionable. It's, it's kind of beyond depravity. This is inhumanity. Arky Stamen is a reservist that was called up. I taught his brother, I worked with his father, and he had an interview with Fox News, and the title of the dispatch was, We are seeing extreme evil, and we're seeing extreme good. In the realm of extreme good, which would surely be a better focus, 
the whole country is rallying, the whole country of Israel is rallying on behalf of their soldiers, amassing for battle. For families that are having difficulties coping with the father out of the house, inviting strangers from the south subjected to constant and perpetual barrages of rockets to live with them in the center of the country. A clip was taken of Arki in some military vehicle, himself all geared up for battle, rapidly being driven somewhere. I'm going to play this brief clip for you, which went viral and has been seen by about 2 million people. I only wish you could see Arki's deep blue almond-shaped eyes that are fierce yet inviting, as he says extemporaneously. What's up, guys? I'm going to try and talk as loud as I can on this Hummer so you can hear me. We're about to uh, start a really difficult, complicated mission we're going down right now. I want you all to do something good, something nice. There's so much fear going around right now. So many bad videos, so much, oh, so much craziness. I want you guys to be somebody's light for the next three, four hours. Do something good. Pick a mitzvah you haven't done in some 30 days. Just go for it. I've been feeling all the love that you guys are sending me. I uh, love you guys back. Can't wait to see you all. Um, just be somebody's light, be somebody's smile, be somebody's laugh, tell a joke. We need it. Amisel needs it. See you guys soon. Another truly unforgettable scene my daughter sent me. My daughter Sarah is a dorm counselor for post-high school students spending their gap year in seminary in Jerusalem. Because of the indiscriminate firing of rockets from Gaza upon Israeli citizens, the students in the seminary, and I presume in all of the seminaries, are not allowed to leave the neighborhood for fear of a rocket attack and not being familiar where to run for shelter. Residents of Israel that live in proximity to the Gaza Strip have been evacuated and the inhabitants of a religious kibbutz called Neveh are being housed in a large hotel in the same neighborhood as the seminary where my daughter is a dorm counselor. So Sarah went there with some students to see if they could be of help. When she arrived, she could not believe her eyes, and I was equally incredulous until Sarah sent me a clip and all of the goodness and kindness that Israel is showering upon those affected puts you in goosebump territory. People from all over the country have purchased new shoes, clothing, underwear, who's going to want to wear secondhand underwear, toys, shampoo, soap, combs, toothpaste, toothbrushes, deodorant, any toiletry imaginable, and dropped them off in industrial quantities at this hotel and anywhere else where their evacuees are staying. I myself will be heading to the south tomorrow, God willing, to distribute what my neighbor has collected to those who need assistance. What was somewhat heartening or enlightening to me was that Israel slash Israelis are always the very first to respond to catastrophes the world over. Obviously, we have not forgotten how we were abandoned during the Holocaust. So whether it is a hurricane in Haiti or an earthquake in Turkey, Israel and the IDF are always there assisting and distributing medical and humanitarian supplies. I was heartened to see the same outpouring for our own brothers and sisters. So picture a hotel lobby, a very large hotel lobby, littered with hundreds and hundreds of boxes. Sarah and the students got to work sorting the supplies. Blouses on one table, toothbrushes and mouthwash on another table, etc., etc. And Sarah reported that the evacuees, again from a religious kibbutz, which is a communal settlement, had not the slightest sense of self-pity or that we are deserving or have something, anything, coming to us. Au contraire. 
Sarah described that if someone needed a pair of sneakers, for example, she would approach the table, and despite the plethora of name brands and designer shoes, she would modestly select whatever fit, and that's it. No hunting around if one is slightly more stylish than the other, no taking a spare pair, despite they were all there for the taking, and certainly, certainly, no hoarding. Another clip really worth viewing is of a soldier of soldier reservists returning to Israel so that can join their units. The clip I saw was shot at 2.30 in the morning, and the airport was mobbed with throngs greeting the returning soldiers. The sight is so touching, as you see flags waving, girls singing and clapping, and these skinny 20-year-old men that are clearly blushing from the embarrassment. When they finally make it through the initial swarm of well-wishers, their comrades grab them, and they drop their suitcases, and they are swept into a circle of lively dancing. My daughter, this is a different daughter, this one is my second, Sarah is our 18th, just called me up and told me that the Jewish community in Los Angeles sent packages of toys to mothers whose husbands had been called up to help keep their children entertained. She only knows of this as she was also a recipient of such a useful and thoughtful package, as she's working around the clock for United Hetzalah in their saving, life-saving missions and has barely any time to be a mother. My friend, Professor Vera Schwartz, told me that she cannot just recite psalms all day long, so she is cooking and baking, really, all day long, and sending out the food to the South. And mind you, there is no shortage of food. Someone told me that a fellow said, I'm so hungry, I'm going to get enlisted. I just got to eat something. But an army mass-produced ration just cannot compare with home-baked cookies. So he asked Professor Schwartz, a resident of Jerusalem, how do you get the food to the south? She answered as if it was the smallest problem in the world. There are people going all the time, just go out in the streets and people are stopping. What can I take to the south? As a matter of fact, I, yours truly, as we already mentioned, will be leaving tomorrow morning to distribute supplies to people in the south, God willing. And there are youth and adults throughout the country writing letters and poems to soldiers, men that they do not know encouraging them and blessing them with their, all the love in their little or more mature hearts. I confess, I was a tad skeptical. I understand the writers, people who are moved to do whatever they can, feel that they are part of the fight to encourage those who are truly are part of the fight. But back to reality, who in the world is going to read all of these letters? And then someone sent me a picture that I do not think I will ever forget. It's a picture of a tank rumbling by with hundreds of letters, cards and notes written on stationery, colored paper, the backs of envelopes and ink, felt markers, and in crayons, hundreds of them. Don't forget, a tank is a gargantuan vehicle with lots of surface, taped all over the armor. That brings me to the all-important question of what should be our take-home from all of this. But, uh, yeah, 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 we're out of time. I see that this podcast will not be a standalone. I will therefore have to invite you back for our subsequent podcast in two weeks' time when we, will have squarely, when we will squarely address this question, God willing. Until then, kindly disseminate this podcast to those you know so that they too can be educated and enlightened. Thank you to our talented sound engineer, Howard Felsen. Thanks for listening to Teller from Jerusalem, where this series takes an intelligent and thought-provoking look at the past in order to acquire a perspective on the present. Spread knowledge by giving us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. Join us next time for a brand new episode 
And be sure to visit telefromjerusalem.com where you can find more details about the show and other useful information. Check out the site store and just by inserting the TFJ code, you receive an additional 10% discount off the already very reduced prices of all Hanoch Tele products, books, lectures, and documentaries. And remember, don't forget, you can get Tele from Jerusalem on any podcast platform or go to telefromjerusalem.com.